What is going on, everybody? I'm your host, John Sandoval, and welcome to another edition of the Audible District. Today, we are going to be doing a recap from all the NFL games that have happened these past couple of days in week five of this season. And man, what a crazy week it was. There were some impressive turnouts in these games, and at the same time, there were also some disappointing turnouts and disappointing performances in some of these games as well. Overall, though, it was a really good week of football. In my honest opinion, it was a solid week of football, and what I feel like is a little introduction to the second quarter of the NFL season where we are going to be seeing the separation between the good teams and the really good teams as the start for the potential playoff picture begins. And with all that being said, let's just get right into it and give our thoughts and takeaways from each of these games. Starting off in the AFC South, you had the Houston Texans getting their first win of the season, defeating the Jacksonville Jaguars 30-14 in what was a confident performance. This Houston team looked a lot different this past Sunday than the teams that we got the first four weeks of the season. They're playing with a they're, they, they're playing with a different attitude. They look like they're having fun. They're enjoying themselves. They're playing with a certain confidence that I feel like Romeo Cornell is trying to allow them to have, whereas whatever the hell Bill O'Brien was doing this past couple years was just not working. But Romeo Cornell, he's bringing in this new energy, this new culture, and it looks like the Houston locker room is embracing it, and they're enjoying it, and they're wanting change because... They haven't looked themselves the, this first month. However, this past Sunday, we got a glimpse of what it could be, which is going to be at least what I feel like an enjoyable season for the Houston Texans and the fans of Houston. David Johnson, he had over 90 yards. The Houston running back, good for him. And Deshaun Watson had over 300 yards passing with three touchdowns. They played really solid against Jacksonville. The offense looked great. Even Brandon Cooks, he was used early, and he took off from there. He had eight receptions for 161 yards and a touchdown. If Brandon Cooks can just get more comfortable in that offense and gain more chemistry with Deshaun Watson, he can be that vertical threat that Houston really needs, and that will add another dynamic to that offense. As far as Jacksonville... Jacksonville's defense, I felt like, held Houston in check and at least made it winnable for the offense. However, Jacksonville's offense and their special teams as well, they ruined Jacksonville's chances of staying in this game. You know, you had a, a fumble by their running back Robinson, Gardner Minshew, he even fumbled the ball, Hauschka missed a field goal. There, there were so many missed opportunities that Jacksonville unfortunately just squandered. And this Jacksonville team, can't just they just can't seem to pull a great game, an overall great team game, where all three phases are combined for a solid performance. Jacksonville, there's always just one piece missing, it seems like. And this, this team is so uh, inconsistent. And honestly, who knows? Maybe Jacksonville will be another team where they may fire their head coach. You know, it already happened with um, Atlanta, it already happened with Houston, maybe Jacksonville will be next, maybe New York Jets will be next, 
We shall see. But speaking of Atlanta firing their head coach, they actually did, and they are finally cleaning house. They fired Dan Quinn, and they also fired their general manager, Dimitrov, after an 0-5 start with them losing to the Carolina Panthers 16-23. Atlanta just, they have not been the same since that Super Bowl run, and them just blowing a 28-3 lead, still crazy to think about, and they just have not looked the same since. And for a team that has a head coach with a defensive background, he, that defense was, is truly, and I mean truly, atrocious. I don't even think they can stop a 50-year-old running back if they honestly wanted to. I hope over this, the course of this season and maybe the potential offseason, who knows how long it'll take, but they can find a really competent, permanent head coach because they have talent on that offense. And if they can just do a little bits of pieces um, in the draft and free agency on the defense, This team has the potential to go somewhere in a year or two. As far as Carolina, Matt Rule, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm going to eat crow. I'm going to eat shit. I did not like him in the beginning, but I will say this. You got to give credit where credit is due. And Matt Rule, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, he's impressing everyone, including me. He is on a three-game win streak with this Carolina team. And they don't even have Christian McCaffrey yet, and that offense is still looking you know somewhat competent they're looking really good in Carolina's offense they're coming into their own and that's without Christian McCaffrey imagine once Christian McCaffrey comes back the potential there is pretty high Um, you know Mr. Teddy Bridgewater he had over 300 yards passing along with two touchdowns Robbie Anderson the wide receiver that came from New York he had eight receptions for 112 yards and then they also got the second year receiver in DJ Moore having four receptions for, I believe, 83 yards and a touchdown. This offense was looking good. In the defense, they held Matt Ryan in that offense to 16 points. Solid team win overall by Carolina. And it's going to be interesting to see how they play over these next few weeks as well. Traveling up to the AFC North, you had the Baltimore Ravens hosting and defeating. Blowing out. Destroying. The Cincinnati Bengals, 27-3. Baltimore is on a 4-1 run right now, which is their best record they have had in the first five games of the season since their 2012 Super Bowl run, fun fact. Ravens, they plain and simple, they took care of business, and that defense, they harassed Joe Burrow all game long. And I'm going to say this right now. Cincinnati needs to either trade for a lineman, sign a veteran lineman in free agency, or just draft really great linemen or sign really great linemen in free agency over these next couple of years because Joe Burrow needs it. That offensive line right now is terrible, okay? That offensive line is the great wall of Ant Hills because they can't, they are getting stomped over. This offensive line cannot hold their own against anybody. Like, it was bad. Joe Burrow is on pace to get sacked 70 times. Again, 70 times in 16 games. You do the math, that's almost five sacks a game. That's a lot for a young kid, a rookie in the NFL playing at the QB position. And when he has to get sacked by Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, and literally the entire Ravens front seven, 
six times out of the year, six times out of those 16 games, that's a lot. And I hope we see Cincinnati's front office do some kind of work to help their young rookie that they are investing a lot of time and money in. Going on into the NFC, we had the Los Angeles Rams also blowing out, destroying, total destruction against Washington football team, 30-10. to 10. Only good thing about Washington was a little heartfelt story with Alex Smith playing his first game in the NFL since his horrific 2018 leg injury. I'll be real with you. If you have not seen it, you don't want to. It is, it, it's, it's disturbing. I, I feel for the guy because he was a QB for Kansas City and we had some really good seasons with him. And Alex Smith, deep down, he's just a great, genuine guy. And it was nice to see him being able to play on the field. Unfortunately, it sucks that he couldn't come out with the win. He actually was having that Washington football team then considered another team name in the past where they were on I think a six to two run in the first couple in in the in the early part of the season until he got injured as far as the Rams they're looking on the right track they defeated a team that they were supposed to and they did so confidently Goff played well in addition you know he had over 300 yards and two touchdowns and he had a solid rushing touchdown that I just I loved it it was a great play and good for Los Angeles, and they're just looking really good right now, and they seem to be going on the right track as well. Traveling up to the Big Apple, and it still hurts me to say that, New York Jets sent an invite to the Arizona Cardinals, and Arizona accepted that invite and whooped New York's ass 30-10. to 10. And I'm going to say this right now. The Jets and nobody talking about the Jets can blame Sam Darnold for the Jets, just terrible just performances, not only this season, but also the past couple seasons. The Jets are 0-7 when Sam Darnold is not playing since he's been drafted. They haven't won a game when he has not started or has been injured. That just shows that it's not Sam Darnold. It, it goes beyond him. It, it's into the coaching, the assistants, Adam Gase, and just specifically the miscues on defense the miscommunication on offense just the lack of talent on both sides of the ball too Flacco even showed even though he played you know fairly decent he couldn't do much for this New York Jets team and honestly the the Jets are 0-5 what do they have to lose I don't see why they don't fire Adam Gase at this point I don't think anybody in that Jets locker room likes him there's been so many there's been so much drama and just rumors coming out of that Jets locker room about Gase and just how he coaches, and it's not looking good for him. And I don't see why New York just doesn't just just deal, like just get it all over with and just fire him, please, for just the sake of New York, but also the rest of the NFL, just overall fan bases. As far as Arizona went, there Murray, you know Kyle Murray in that offense, they looked great. Murray almost had 400 yards in a touchdown, and Hopkins is still having a solid season with six receptions and 131 yards in a touchdown against New York. Arizona, ugh, God, I'm sorry. Arizona defeated the New York Jets pretty soundly. It was a dominant win, and 
I really was hoping that Arizona was doing that because they have not been looking good the past couple weeks, and so this was one of the bright spots for them. And going back to the AFC North, we had the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Pittsburgh Steelers came out with a win, defeating the Eagles 38-29. to Big Ben, I felt like, played well for the most part. He had 27 completions for 34 attempts with 239 yards and three touchdowns. Their rookie, Chase Claypool, for some reason the Steelers, I don't know what it is about that organization, but they always seem to just find great wide receivers either just honestly in general throughout the draft and free agency, but mainly the draft. They seem to just have a lot of whoever their scout is um, in Pittsburgh just needs to get paid a lot more because Chase Claypool is a stud. I think he was a steal in the draft. He had seven receptions for 110 yards and three touchdowns and also a rushing touchdown. I tried to add him in my fantasy football league, both of the leagues, and I couldn't get him because everybody else also sees the potential in him. This kid is going to go far this season. I'm really excited to see uh, more uh, dominating performances from him. And Pittsburgh is 4-0 and looking great doing it. They have an exciting matchup also coming up this week in week six against the Cleveland Browns, and the Browns are 4-1, and one, and I cannot wait to talk about them later in this episode. Who I am actually not looking forward to talking about is the San Francisco 49ers, and because they had a really, just another honestly disappointing performance at home against the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins blew them out straight up, 43-17. to I was even shocked. I expected it to be a competitive game for the most part. But Jimmy Garoppolo, he looked awful. He got benched during this game due to just bad quarterback play. I think he had seven completions in 77 yards. It was was terrible. Fitzpatrick outplayed Jimmy Garoppolo, whereas Jimmy Garoppolo had a really bad game. Fitzpatrick had an amazing game. He had 22 completions for 28 attempts and then over... Uh, 300 yards with 350 yards and three touchdowns. He's looking really good for Miami this season, and as long as he stays good, it allows Tua to stay on the bench more just to allow him to learn and grow more into the system and kind of make his transition into the NFL a lot easier. And Fitzpatrick is doing him wonders. And Miami also, just plain and simple, they took advantage of this depleted 49ers team. I know the 49ers are dealing with some injuries right now, but man... Their season may honestly, I, this sounds like a really big hot take, but just hear me out. They're, this season may be done for them. I'm, I'm, I'm like, with Arizona in the, in the division that's, you know, looking good at least, and then you also got a really good team in Los Angeles, and then you also have Seattle in your division. Like, come on, dude. Like, let's just be realistic. They have, uh, they, 49ers are looking rough over these next coming weeks. They, they have a t- really tough schedule. Honestly, I think the toughest stretch of any schedule that I've seen personally. They have Los Angeles and then New England and then Seattle and then Green Bay, New Orleans again with Los, uh, Los Angeles and then Buffalo. There that that is a really hard stretch and for them just looking inconsistent and just overall bad play and just inefficiencies it's going to be really tough for them over these next coming weeks and for once, it's weird to say that Kyle Shanahan's offense looks completely out of sync, which is very rare for him and that 49ers team. Going from the NFC West to the NFC East, 
we had, and I'm probably going to get some flack for this, but I'm going to explain myself all right, but we had a bad Dallas Cowboys win against the New York Giants, 37-34. to Let me just say this right now. I feel for you Dallas Cowboys fans. Seeing Dak Prescott injured, oh, it, it, that's that was a heartbreaker right there. You know, it was a gruesome ankle injury, and it's already confirmed that he's out for the year. He's going to get paid, though. They have the franchise tag on him, and the QB salary for the tag is really good. So he's getting paid this year, so don't worry about that. But as far as this Dallas Cowboys team as a whole, they barely crawled out with the win against the New York Giants team that only scored, I believe it was 47 points combined for the entire month of September. Okay? 47 points combined for those first four weeks. And then they put up 34 points against this Cowboys defense. This Cowboys defense is just plain terrible. I don't know who is worse, the Atlanta Falcons or the Dallas Cowboys. I'm glad we had a game between the two. It was very entertaining. But I still can't decide who is worse because both of them are just so bad. Like... New York was able to put up points against, like, a a football team. They haven't really been able to put up a lot of points, but they put up 34 against the Cowboys. And now with Dak Prescott injured and Andy Dalton in as QB. Now, he's not a bad QB, okay? Andy Dalton, he has his moments. But I feel like he is a good delegator, and he's good at just... Just giving the ball and letting the receivers run out in space. And what the Dallas Cowboys do have is they have receivers that can just run out in space and they can just do anything in the open field. So that is a good possibility for them. But what I am interested in seeing is will Mike McCarthy focus on feeding Elliott more now that he has Dak Prescott out? Because Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton are not the same. They will never be the same. They will never be on the same level. Dak Prescott is years better and just way better than Andy Dalton, in my opinion. And so... You know, are, is he actually going to lean on Elliott more? Because Elliott is actually, he's not looking bad. He has a pretty good uh, yard per carry average. And I mean, their next three games are pretty winnable against, you know, an inconsistent Arizona Cardinals team, uh, the Washington football team, and then also their um, other people in the NFC. Sorry, the Philadelphia Eagles. And so over these next few weeks, we shall see how Mike McCarthy and that Cowboys team adjust. Moving on to a game that I've been excited to talk about just because I'm happy for this city and this fan base is the Cleveland Browns beating the Indianapolis Colts. Even I was surprised by it. And Cleveland is 4-1. Oh my God, I feel like I am literally like this is Madden right now because the Cleveland Browns have, I've never seen the Browns being 4-1 in all of my years that I've been an NFL football fan, which is a lot because I think I started following football in like 2008, 2009 pretty heavily, surprisingly. And man, it is just nice to see this Cleveland Browns team who already has talent and now they're actually able to utilize that talent and they're being smart with it. You know, I will say it is unfortunate that Mayfield, he does have a rib injury, and I know he's getting some x-rays soon to see how severe it is. So hopefully he's not going to be out too long, especially with them being on a 4-1 run. You know, you want to keep that momentum. 
And speaking of Mayfield, he was great in the first half. He uh, had a really good first half. He had over 200 yards and then a couple touchdowns. And surprisingly, that Browns defense held their own in the second half. Um, When the Browns defense needed to step up, they did. And it's looking good for the city of Cleveland. I'm happy for the fan base of Cleveland. I know you guys have been wanting a good football team for years. So shout out to you guys. Y'all are actually having, a, I feel like, a good team that can be competitive in the AFC North. I don't know against Baltimore, but I feel like Pittsburgh and Cleveland are on the same level. And it's really exciting for them to be facing each other next week in Week 6. I don't know who's going to win that game, to be honest with you. I feel like it's going to be a toss-up. You know, while the Steelers are 4-0, they did allow Philly to score 29 points in Philly was kind of relatively in that game, I felt like. And so, you know, with Cleveland's running game, even though Nick Chubb is out, Kareem Hunt and um, Johnson, their other running back, are doing good in his absence, I feel like it's going to be a competitive game. As far as Indianapolis, (sighs) Rivers is literally like the one thing that Indianapolis, I feel like, has done wrong. Everything else Indianapolis has done pretty much right. They have a really good coach in Frank Wright. And then their GM, Chris Ballard, is an excellent GM. They have drafted well. They have signed really good free agents. DeForest Buckner, Justin Houston. They got Malik Hooker. They have the great wall of protein powder that is their offensive line, which is just a beefy offensive line that is, I, in my opinion, one of the best in the league, okay, it is, it is, um, it, they, they are doing everything right, and then you just got Philip Rivers at QB that just, oh man, he is bad this year, I was really hoping for him, because I mean, he trash talks, and I like players that trash talk, to be real with you, and so he's entertaining to watch, but only when he talks, not when he plays, man, like, he is just, he's terrible, he has, he had two picks this game, first of all, against the Cleveland Browns defense, okay, I'm not saying Cleveland Browns are like the worst defense in the world, but they obviously don't have a lot of talent on that side of the ball, okay? Let's just be real. Even you Cleveland fans, let's be real with each other, okay? And Phillip Rivers had two picks. And then, if you look at the season overall, his season stats, he has four touchdowns and five interceptions. The dude doesn't even have a positive touchdown-to-interception ratio. And so... I feel like Indianapolis, while they are a really good team, I just feel like they can only go so far with the quarterback that they have, which is Phillip Rivers. Finishing off with two primetime games. The first one, we had Minnesota visiting Seattle and losing out in a close one, 26-27. Russell Wilson, he had a really solid game-winning drive, you know, He didn't look that good in the first half. Minnesota, they controlled the entire first half. They did not let Seattle score any points. Russell Wilson was having trouble in that just bad weather. And then in the second half, Minnesota just couldn't seem to adjust, and Seattle was starting to gain some momentum. And DK Metcalf, I feel like, is turning into a solid number one wide receiver. You know, he had six receptions for 93 yards and two touchdowns this game. One of those touchdowns was on the game-winning drive, a clutch catch. It was such a great game. And we're going to see how long Seattle can stay undefeated. They're facing Arizona, and then they also got San Francisco, and then Buffalo. 
And as we can see from just the Chiefs losing and then also the Ravens losing, literally any undefeated team, any really good team can just have a bad week. And as long as Russell Wilson plays good, Seattle should stay undefeated, but you never know in today's NFL. In the next game, it was a really great, entertaining game throughout and throughout was the Los Angeles Chargers visiting the New Orleans Saints and losing by three points, 27-30. to 30. Hear me out. The Los Angeles Chargers, okay? I feel like they could do something in 2021 or 2022. Now listen, okay? I know everybody says this about the Chargers literally every single freaking year. I hear it as a Chiefs fan constantly from June to August of every single year, okay? Chargers are going to do something. Chargers are going to lead the division, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if they'll lead the division, okay? I don't think they will. I'm just saying that right now. But I feel like they can do something in 2021 and 2022. They have Justin Herbert on a rookie contract for the next five years. He's been impressive. He's faced Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and Drew Brees in his first four games. He's looked impressive in each of those games. He had four touchdowns and over 200 yards. And when they have him on that rookie contract, I feel like they're gonna, they, they can build around him literally with him being on that rookie contract, they can have the salary cap to build around him. And they have that linebacker Murray on defense, that the rookie that's looking really solid. And then they also got Derwin James. And once he comes back, you know, that defense will look a lot different. Mike Williams is a stud. They have Austin Eckler running back. Chargers, I feel like, are going to be dangerous in 2021 or 2022. New Orleans, though... I feel like have taken a step back this season. Okay, it's it, you can see it. Even if you're, you know, just hear me out, Saints fans. You can see it when Drew Brees throws a ball. He is lacking the arm strength that he's had in previous years. The age is, is is showing a little bit. There's no deep threat really, and he misses Michael Thomas. Okay, Drew Brees and that offense are good with throwing short to intermediate routes. And what Michael Thomas is really good at is short and intermediate routes. And Thomas thrives in that kind of offense, and so does Drew Brees. And without having Thomas there as kind of that safety net, his, you know, his number one guy, Drew Brees is struggling. And that Saints defense, they've been inconsistent this year. Um, they've needed Los Angeles to miss a, a pretty, I felt like, a makeable um, tying field goal for them to go into overtime in order for them to win this game. They have an exciting matchup against Carolina, though, and this, I feel like, is going to be one of those games where we can see the separation between a good team and a really good team. I don't know between New Orleans or Carolina which one is the really good team, but we're going to see next week. And that is the recap for Week 5's NFL games. And man, what an exciting start to the second quarter of this season, and I am really, really looking forward to week six if you made it this far i do appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode i always do and if you enjoyed this episode please make sure to not only favorite this episode but also follow the channel for more notifications and updates on when new content is released with all that being said 
I will see you guys on the next episode. And this is your host, John Sandoval, signing off. And one final, last but not least, game, just because COVID keeps switching all these games around, is the Tennessee Titans blowing out the Buffalo Bills 42-16 to in a surprising fashion. And Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, he proved me wrong. Let me just say that right now. He looked really good, and he looked efficient last night. Now, he's never been one since he's been with Tennessee to post to put up flashy numbers like you see with Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, hell, even Ryan Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick. But he's good and consistent at what the Titans ask him to do. You know, he only had 195 yards, but he made the most of his red zone trips with three touchdowns, and he also had a rushing touchdown as well. The Bills also had no answer for Tennessee's aerial attack. Um, A.J. Brown came back from a knee injury, and he had seven receptions for 82 yards and a touchdown. Their tight end, Jonu Smith, he had five receptions for 40 yards and two touchdowns. Derrick Henry had a good game as well, as always. He had two rushing touchdowns. And did you see that stiff arm on Josh Norman? If you haven't yet, get out of the rock that you're living under. Grab a phone, grab something with an internet, with just an internet connection, and look up that little clip. It is just such a beautiful thing to see. It was, ah, I just loved every bit of that play. And so now Tennessee is looking to continue on the momentum that they have, being undefeated, you know, at with a 4-0 record, which they should probably be looking to continue over these next couple weeks with what I feel like are going to be uh, winnable games. Whereas the Buffalo Bills, they're coming off a disappointing performance, and now they got to face a really tough team in the Kansas City Chiefs, I believe, next Monday. As long as none of the other schedule changes happen next Monday, hopefully. And now we're going to see which kind of Buffalo team this is. Is it the Buffalo team that we have seen the first four weeks of the season? Or is this going to turn out to be the same old Buffalo team from last year that, you know, once they get on a hot streak, but the second they lose, their confidence starts to drop and then they start playing poorly. We shall see over these next coming weeks.